Hey, you guys, let's thank Carly and Owen and Angelo. That was such an awesome job leading us in worship to get things started today. My name is Tom, and I'm the lead pastor here. And I don't know about you guys, but man, it's been like a roller coaster of a couple weeks. There was the excitement leading up to Christmas and then kind of some of the disappointment at not having everybody at our Christmas celebrations that we hoped would have been there because of COVID. And then there was looking forward to maybe some downtime over the break and some rest. Well, at least for me, I was looking forward to that. And then having to scramble faster than ever during, um, during that break to, um, because, of, because of COVID. And then, uh, and then Betty White passes away, and then I don't know what to think or feel about Antonio Brown. Like, I, I'm, I, I don't know if I should be worried about him and, and concerned, right? Or if I should just be annoyed that he's acting like a diva. And then we're coming into this week, and I'm getting really excited about preaching this sermon. And um, then, like, midway through the week, I have, like, this little mini meltdown. And thankfully, I have, from, I have some friends who are willing to speak truth into my life, and they reminded me of the, Je- the me that Jesus created me to be, and they reminded me that um, he is still very much in charge. So, friends, as we together stumble our way through the rest of this pandemic, it, my hopes and my prayers are that we would help each other um, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, remind each other that he's still in charge, remind each other of the people that Jesus created us to be. I get so turned sideways when I get that out of whack. When I look at my life and my life's circumstances, when I look at Jesus through those things, instead of looking at Jesus first and then looking to my life through Jesus, and there's a, I, I've been referencing him a lot in this teaching series, but there's a very smart man by the name of Dallas Willard. He wrote this, Indeed, all human's troubles come from thinking of God wrongly, which then means thinking about ourselves wrongly. Right? So that's just what I was doing. But before I go any further, I mentioned this. This is Dallas Willard from his book, Hearing God. And I want to take a second to, um, we're going to do a little, we've never done this before, a, a book giveaway. You know, sometimes when we're meeting in person, I'll have the resources available that I use to go into this series. Obviously, I started with the Bible and a couple of the reference books that I really just got a ton out of, and I wanted to make some of them available to you. We're going to do this lottery style, and we're going to put names in a hat, and then we're going to pick out, and we're gonna, you're going to win a book or two. But here's how this is going to work. You're going to be the ones who determine what names go in the hat. And the way you're going to do that is by responding in the chat. And here's what I want you to do. If I say something that you feel isn't significant or important or maybe God is impressing something upon you, I want you to write that brief phrase in the chat. Like, um, thinking of God wrongly equals trouble. Right? Just put that, put that in the chat. And then that way your name will get entered into, um, into that giveaway. But here's the other thing, you guys. Look at Learning science tells us that if we, um, if we hear something, we absorb like 5% of it. If we hear it and see it, we absorb like 20% of it. If we hear it, see it, and write it, it jumps up to like 40%. I don't know how like dead on those numbers are, but that was something that I, some information that I recently came across. So not only do you make yourself available to win a book, but you're helping yourself retain some of the stuff and helping others as well. So get on that. Let me see those responses coming up in the chat. All right, back to Dallas's quote. All human troubles come from wrong thinking or thinking wrongly of God. Thankfully, 
God knows our propensities, and he provides such a great picture of who he is for us in the 23rd Psalm. And this, um, we associate this Psalm with, um, with funerals and death, but it's really so much about living. It's about living life with God as our shepherd. Here it is, the very first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He li- leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. In that, just those, the first three verses of Psalm 23, God tells us that he wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to keep us safe. He wants to comfort us. And he wants to do that personally. And it's not because of anything that we do. It's for, it's because of who he is. So the question then becomes, how does he do that? Another great passage, this one is from the Gospel of John, in which Jesus is referring to himself as a shepherd. Let's look at this. This is John chapter 10. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. That's Jesus. Jesus is the him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You guys, isn't that so cool that the God of the universe makes himself available to us because he is still speaking today. God is still speaking. So the question is, are you available to him? Are you listening? That's what today is going to be about, about hearing from God in prayer. And so Again, referring to Dallas Willard in his book, Hearing from God, and maybe you might fall into one of these categories. Some people object to this idea. They think God would not communicate with us in this conversational manner. They think God does not communicate with us. They think God cannot, the laws of physics preclude it, and that God should not because we shouldn't be trusted with hearing from the God of the universe. And I want to, um, again, I would just can't highly recommend that book enough, Hearing God, where he gives a, a really full, full explanation of the arguments against this line of thinking. I'm going to really briefly just address it from one perspective, and that's this. The biblical record gives us account after account after account of um, God speaking to people conversationally. And almost all of the people in the Bible, before God got a hold of them, before God made them heroes, they weren't heroes. They were just ordinary people. And one specifically ordinary person was a man named Elijah. God called Elijah to be a messenger for him. His story is captured in the, in the Old Testament book of First King in, in chapter 17 through 19. But he, he was so important, and he had such a relationship with God that James, who wrote a New Testament book, James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this book to a bunch of new Christians, first-generation Christians, who were enduring some really significant persecution, and he was encouraging them to pray when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're sick, to pray. And then he uses Elijah as an example. He says, I want you to pray like Elijah, who was just an ordinary man. And as we study Elijah's story, we see that he had great successes, but we also see that he had great struggles. He he suffered from anxiety to the extent that he wished himself dead. And the flip side of that was, like I said, he had these great successes and he had conversations with God. He heard from God in a still, small 
voice. So yes, God is still very much speaking and he is available to us, but we have to stop and listen. So the band's gonna do a couple more songs and I want you to just um, take that image of God as our shepherd, God who leads and provides and protects and who calls us by name, who still speaks. And I want you to reflect on that for a few minutes while the band does these two great songs. And then I'll come back up and I'll finish out our time with some really practical stuff about how God speaks and how we can tell if it's him and that kind of stuff. Let's talk about some of the practicalities. If God does and can and would and should speak to us, how does he do that? First and foremost, he speaks to us out of a relationship. One of those foundational texts, Psalm 23, another one that I think as followers of Christ we, should, we couldn't spend enough time in is John chapters 14 through 17. Chapter 14, Jesus talks about sending the Holy Spirit to come and live within us, to be so he can guide and direct us. In John chapter 15, he compares his relationship with us to um, we are branches and he's the vine, that we're literally physically dependent on being connected. And um, in 16 and 17, there's more talk of the Spirit. And in 17, Jesus talks about how he wants us to be united with he and the Father, and he wants us to be united with each other. So Jesus talks to us out of this relationship, a personal, ongoing, interactive, dynamic relationship. It's not like he's some, you know, positivity expert who tweets out little things just here and there or posts random self-help memes. He walks with us just like a shepherd does the sheep through the, through the highest heights and through the lowest lows. So first and foremost, God speaks to us out of a relationship with us. He speaks to us through his word. And this is the primary, direct, most direct way that he speaks to us. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's 176 verses. 171, 172 of those verses reference God's written word. There's eight different Hebrew words in there for God's written word. There's numerous uh, comparisons, things like God's word is like a light. God's word is sweeter than honey. There's nothing more important to the follower of Jesus than God's word. God speaks to us through his spirit, right? And the primary way that he does this is through our thoughts, right? And this is the one that kind of can make people nervous, but I would point you to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This whole chapter is how about as we submit ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit, that our thoughts become God's thoughts. The very last, um, the very last verse of that chapter says, we have the mind of Christ. That's because nothing that we've done, it's because the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us and helps us interpret, helps us know God, helps our thoughts you know, become God's thoughts. That's um, the, most, the most common way. Now, all of these work together. The relationship, God's word, God's spirit, the rest of the things I'm listening. If we hear something, we think we hear one of our thoughts that might be God leading us in a direction, might be God's spirit. If it disagrees with God's word, it's not his voice. Be really, really clear about that. God's spirit will not disagree with God's word. The other thing that God has given us is his people. Lots of texts about how it's important to have people around you who can speak truth into your life. Like I said when I, when I first started this message, that I had some friends who spoke some truth into my life. 
And um, Dallas Willard says that we need people in our life who are non-buddies. In other words, we need people who are going to be willing to say maybe hard things to us, say no to us. I'm so thankful for my fellow elders, for Stacy George and Kevin Kiernan. We're great friends, but I also know that if there's a hard conversation to be had, that we'll have it, and then we can have that in love, and we can move forward. Same thing with the relationships on, on the, the lead team. God's people are another tool that God uses to speak to us. God's providence, right? This is another way. I think I described this a couple weeks ago. This is God's guiding hand, also his goodness, right? And it's working for us. As we, as we think about this, what I would encourage you to do is, regardless of the situation that you find yourself in, is that you would ask God, what is it that you have for me right now in this moment? Good, bad, scary, indifferent. God, what is it that you have for me in this moment so that we would begin to look at all of life as, as our walk with God, that God is with us in this dynamic, personal, conversational relationship. God also speaks to us, to his creation. There's numerous texts, Psalm 19, Psalm 29, Romans 1, that tell us all we need to do to hear God speak is to look around us at the beauty of his creation. I don't know if you guys paused for a second to look at the snow hanging on the trees the other day, but man, that was beautiful, and that just shows God's creativity and how he's trying to, to reach out to us. And God's word, nope, that's not a typo. That's up there again on purpose because, like I said, this is the most direct way that he speaks to us. And the reference that I put up there, scripture is God breathed. It's from God for our good. That's my rough paraphrase of 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. Okay, that's real down and dirty on how God speaks to us. What about this question? How do we know that it's him who's talking to us? And this is kind of a, a compilation of the works of men like Dallas Willard, of Charles Stanley, of Henry Blackaby, um, all these guys coming together, and they, they tell us that God's voice has a certain spirit, character, quality, content. What does that mean? Just like you and I have our own unique personalities, God, God's voice will be uniquely his. I don't know if it's fair since God is not a person. I mean, Jesus walked as a person, but like uh, to use the word personality, right, as a unique identifier, um, God's voice will never argue with us, right? He won't, it won't be hostile or aggressive or argumentative. And again, right, God's voice will never disagree with Scripture. God's voice will um, always encourage us to be more loving, to be more other-centered, to be um, more, more selfless. Upon hearing God's voice, it will bring peace and contentment. It will never cause stress or anxiety. God's voice is there for us. It's, it's the way that he guides us, and it has a very unique personality, and um, we, we learn that through experience. And as you're, as you're first starting out on this journey of listening to God, if the, the voice that you think you are hearing is, is angry or um, just 
causes, does not bring you, the Bible uses the word shalom, right? If it doesn't bring you peace, if it doesn't bring you peace, then it's not the voice of God. Um, it may ca- cause you to, um, to need to muster up some courage or some faith because it might call you to do something risky or even scary. And it will often be uh, un- unworldly or unfleshly, right? It, it, will, uh, it might seem illogical. What, what, think about some of the things that Jesus said when he walked this earth. Turn the other cheek. Doesn't make sense. Recently, there's a national political figure who came out and said, we as a country need to stop listening to the teachings of Jesus because they're just not working for us, right? If, if I don't, that, I can't think of a better example of like, it's a really worldly reaction to what something Jesus had to say about turning the other cheek, All right? So those are just kind of some of the things that describe that personality of the voice of God that you can use to determine if it's actually him or not. And I want to leave you with uh, kind of a, a picture, right? I got, a couple years ago, I bought myself a set of knockoff noise-canceling headphones, like $19, $29, something like that. And they were great for what they were, right? But they recently died, and so my lovely wife went out and bought me like a real pair of noise-canceling headphones. Nothing crazy like Bose, but nice, nice Sonys. And man, when I put those things on, I only hear what I'm supposed to hear whether the dogs are barking or somebody's in the shower yelling for a towel or whatever or whatever, I only hear what I'm supposed to be hearing in that moment. So I want to give you some suggestions that will maybe hopefully help you cancel out the noise of everything going on around you so that you can hear from the God of the universe as you make yourself available to him. All right, so first and foremost, this idea of life with God, it's supposed to we're supposed to hear from God as part of this ongoing relationship, right? I used the word um, attached when talking about the vine, the vine and the branches. The Bible uses the word remain and abide. When we think about that idea of attached, it's, it's critical for life. It's life-giving, and it's supposed to be um, fully connected. And that, you know, brain science tells us that that which we are most attached to will have the loudest voice. That's what we will hear the most clearly. So we place Jesus in the central, organizing, most attached relationship in our life, and that cancels out a lot of the other noise. We also have to be open, right? Sometimes the voice of God will say things like, no, or not yet, or leave here and go there, or, yeah, keep doing exactly what you're doing. We need to be, we want to want to hear what God has to say, regardless of what that might be. Um, may, might be thinking of it in terms of like a, a living, like in a predisposed surrender to whatever it is that God might tell us to do, or we're going to submit to God's will for us. God's will, not ours. So we have to be open that will also cancel out a bunch of the noise and those competing voices that fight for our time and attention. As we make ourselves available to Jesus, one of the best things we can do to cancel out that noise is obedience. In the Old Testament, the word shema, right, is, means listen, but there's not two separate words for listen and obey. That one word, the concept of obedience is built into it So as soon as we hear 
from God, we need to act on it as quickly as we possibly can. And the quicker we act upon what we hear from God, the more of those other outside noises and voices we, we cancel out. We need to check our motives. This goes back to that one of those arguments that Dallas Willard um, suggested that people have is that God should not communicate with us in this way. And in some cases, he, he won't, right? If we go to God with self-seeking motives rather than God-seeking or other-seeking motives, we're probably not going to get an answer, at least the one that, that we're looking for. Um, if we go to God so we can tell other people, yeah, I heard from God, this is what God told me. Our motives are, can be a huge source of noise and static, or they can act as a noise canceller and help us hear um, God more clearly. And finally, the, the, one of the biggest noise-canceling things we can do is to always be listening to God, not just when we need something or when we want something, right? So we super, super important that we have specific um, times of prayer, that we have devotions, that we have quiet times, and we devote those to God. On top of that, we want to live a life of listening. Brother Lawrence um, wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God, in which his time of prayer was as sacred to him as his time of chore, was as sacred to him as his time of worship. Right? All of those things were where he met with God, where he spoke to God, and where God spoke to him. There's a guy by the name of Frank, I'm going to butcher his last name, Laubach, I think, and he wrote about something called the game of minutes, where his goal was to be aware of God's presence at least once every minute of every day. And so he would walk with God, getting rid of that concept of this is my Jesus life, my sacred life, this is my secular life, getting rid of that and bringing them together and making listening to God a way of life. Those are just some ideas that can help you cancel out the, the noise and the other voices that compete and take up that space that God wants to have in your life. So let me, let me try to, um, to wrap this up. Right? We are aiming for a, a life with God that's grounded in prayer. And that starts with God's desire for us to have an ever-growing knowledge of him. That's, Jesus, that's what Jesus described eternal life as. Eternal life is a knowledge of God. And that as we become more familiar with the ways of God, as we become more familiar with what's important to him, as, as we study and listen and learn and grow, we, we become aware of what God thinks of us. We become aware of what correctly, what God we become correctly aware of what God thinks of us. We become correctly aware of what God thinks of other people and situations. God wants, as part of that knowledge, God wants us to know and experience him as the good shepherd, as the leader, as the guide, as the provider and the protector. And he, in that shepherd-sheep relationship, he wants us to listen to him, both in specific times of listening and throughout our daily life. We want to be people who hear from God on the daily, right? It should be a part of our regular life with God. It should not be the exception. So I usually try to incorporate or leave you guys with some sort of application, but 
this week and for the rest of January, that's all, all the application is gonna come in the form of our prayer pods. And those are those groups of three to four people who are gonna be getting together to, to connect um, over things like a, a reflection question from a message, a scripture verse from a message, and they're to share um, prayer thoughts and requests and maybe even what they're hearing from God with each other. So if you're not signed up for a prayer pod yet, please go ahead and do that right now. You can hang, hit the link that's popping up in the chat and, and get signed up. And we are going to, um, we're going to formalize those pod rosters this afternoon and we're going to get information out to the pod coordinators. And then tomorrow, those will get kicked off. You guys, it's going to be a great opportunity for us to put into practice the things that we're learning and to make ourselves available to the God of the universe. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are a good shepherd. We thank you um, that you do love us so much. Jesus, we thank you for the gift of prayer. We thank you that you want to hear from us and that you want to be heard by us. Lord, help us to be confident in your voice. Help us to grow to recognize your voice. God, make us the kind of people whose 24-7 daily lives are walked with you in a dynamic, personal, conversational relationship. Lord, would you do that for us? Would you open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds? We want to walk with you like that, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.